Hello and welcome to Passing for Normal, where my guest today is OBGYN, author and women's health expert, Dr. Cheryl Ross. Dr. Sherry, as she's known, has been a practicing OBGYN for 25 years in Santa Monica, California. Over the course of her practice, Dr. Sherry has received numerous awards and honors. She's received the Patient's Choice Award for Compassionate Doctor Recognition and also selected as a 2017 Southern California Super Doctor and was named a top doctor in obstetrics and gynecology by Castle Connolly. In addition to her medical practice, Dr. Sherry sits on the boards of Planned Parenthood Los Angeles, Beauty Gives Back, and Fertile Action. Her recent book, Sheology, The Definitive Guide to Women's Intimate Health, period, is a candid, enjoyable, all-inclusive primer for women's relationships with their bodies and their health. Dr. Sherry makes frequent television appearances, speaks, writes, and is the go-to gal for honest, inclusive information about women's fertility, health, and well-being. She is a strong advocate for women in what she calls the vagina revolution. Welcome, Dr. Sherry. Thank you so much for having me, Sharon. I'm so glad. And I have to mention that you also have been my doctor for something like 20 years and you delivered my daughter. So it's so great to be able to talk to you in this way. We've come full circle, you and I. Yeah, yeah, really. We've known each other for a very long time. So um, I want to first, you know, jump in by... um, talking about your book a little bit, Sheology, and it's very cleverly laid out in describing all the different states of the vagina at every age and every stage of a woman's life. And you talk about the vagina revolution. So how and where is the vagina revolution taking place? Well, it's happening as we speak. Uh, Just the fact that we're talking about it. Uh, You know, Sheology came about because I was seeing, after being in, in medicine for 25 years, the most very common, embarrassing questions that women were afraid to ask. And, and I wasn't seeing the information out more mainstream, so I thought, I need to create a book and, and really, you know, put it out there and let's get women talking about their bodies. And, and most importantly, let's get talking about our vaginas because it is really the center and focal point for so many issues. And, of course, the vagina revolution is, is a metaphor for talking about these more sensitive topics as it relates to our health. Yes. And so um, what role does the willingness to talk, right, the willingness to really speak openly about our bodies um, play in um in changing how women view themselves and how women are viewed in the world, how they're able to um, take their place in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what I, what I was seeing and, and certainly I, what I was reading about is that, first of all, many women, they don't even use the word vagina. That's 65% right. of women are uncomfortable saying the word vagina. You know, 45% use code names. Mm-hmm. Um, and most women aren't even talking about their vagina or their vaginal health to anyone, not even their doctor. So this, to me, was really the, the, the basis of the problem, because if you can't talk about your vagina, then you certainly can't talk about any issues as it relates to the vagina, and there is so many problems that women are having. So this was problem number one, and I wanted to address it 
as 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 transparently as possible and and really just put it out there like well, let's start talking about our vagina what what are you calling it you know how do you like your vagina and i was finding some just really interesting statistics and really most people don't even like their vagina so mm-hmm. it, it's it's to embrace um the issues that are facing us and not feel judged and and to be able to find that comfort in talking about the many health issues that surround um, the vagina and female health in general. And so it's it's putting it out there, talking about it, and, and making it a very shameless conversation. Right. And, you know, in your book, um, I love the line, all vaginas are welcome here. Because you really, do, uh, yeah. you really do include, you know, everyone at every stage and including transgender um, and really, uh, you know, have such an openness and inclusivity about your attitudes mm-hmm. towards women and what it means to be a woman. Right. And it's true. And what I, what I found was, and what I like to say is this book is really for anyone with a vagina, anyone who loves a vagina or anyone that wishes they had a vagina because, yeah. you know, in, in writing the book, I learned a few things from some of my patients that I was very excited about. And one of the things was, was the title of my book called Geology. And what I learned was, hey, there is a pronoun debate going on right now. Mm-hmm. And, and the word they is, you know, was the, the American dialect, word of the year a couple years ago and and nowadays it's not just he or she and so i felt like i was somewhat on the wrong side of the the, of politics right there and i i I hate to feel that i'm not on the right side of of the argument um but i think it's really the the conversation and the comfort has to really begin with the doctor and i i feel like the healthcare providers are at the forefront of really making women, and whether you you know you think you are a woman or maybe you you don't feel you're in the right body, I think we have to be prepared to deal with what's happening out there and to be very uh, used a great word inclusive of all types of people, um, and our medical care system is so broken in that way and that. We don't really spend a lot of time with our patient anymore. It's right. it's very, you know, sort of shortened, and it's, you know, how are you doing? How's your period? Are you having any problems? No, no. Okay, scooch down, and before you know it, it's over. And and I think this is really a problem with with our healthcare because women and men really don't have the time or or space to express what's happening uh, physically or even mentally with their bodies. Right. And, you know, and as a patient also, you know, sometimes you feel uncomfortable because you feel like, you know, the whole person of you is not necessarily being addressed. It's just, you know, you've scooched down and that's and that's where it's all focused. Right. Even though um, it's really about women's health. Right. It's about women's concerns. It's about, you know, overall, it's not just the focus of um I mean, we are talking about vaginas, but it's not just focused there. Our, our health is, um, it's very holistic. That's really true. And I always like to say, as soon as a woman's legs go up in stirrups, you know, that's 
when the conversation really begins because your gynecologist should really be your best girlfriend or your favorite therapist so that you feel that comfort. And I, I strive for this goal every time. I hope you feel that when you come to see me. But it's all about so many other things. You know, it could just be about your daughter or your, about your, your aging parent or your son who's just getting out of rehab. There's just so much that goes on that we just have to pay attention to. Right, and it's all it's all about the experience of being a woman. You know, all of those things that you've mentioned are all within the experience of being a woman and affect our health. Um, exactly. Uh, you know, so I, I'm just curious. Um, so, how many vaginas have you met? I met I've met a lot of vaginas <laughs> in my lifetime. Um, many, many. You know, too too numerous to count. Um, and and each one is very different. Mm-hmm. You know, just just like who we are, you know, it's we're all different, and and so are all our sum total parts. Yes, and how many babies have you brought into the world? You know, I people ask me that a lot, and I like to say it's somewhere around four thousand wow. uh, in my day. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be I trained at USC County, and we used to do you know easily on a twenty four hour shift, you know, ten to fifteen. Um, so it's it's certainly slowed down now, but um, yeah, it's it's really one of the most wonderful aspects of my job is, is still delivering a baby and feeling that emotional uh, connection with my patients. You know, both the person who's delivering the baby and their partner. So it's still a thrill. Yes, and also, you know, you said that uh, your gynecologist could be your best friend. I mean, you have also seen people through, um, you know, severe illness and severe uh, disappointment about uh, perhaps miscarrying mm. or not having, a, you know, being able to give birth. So, um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the female health care in general, it's, you know, I think, I think who you choose, and, and if you aren't getting this from your current health care provider, you should, because there are so many caring and um, responsible doctors that do want to take care of the whole person, even as a gynecologist. As you know, many gynecologists serve as the primary you know, doctor for wo- many women under 50. So they exist out there, and you can have that connection you know, with your health care provider and, and, or your gynecologist. I think it's important to, to seek them out. And does the counterpart exist for men? Do men have a, a, mm-hmm. a men's health practitioner? It, well, you know, that's such a great question. I mean, they're, so the, and of course, their internists usually serve as their main health care provider. Uh, the urologist, which my father was one, we call them plumbers, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that affectionately, um, really deal with male health problems, whether it's erectile dysfunction or impotence of any sort of, you know, prostate issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they would be the counter. I, I think men don't necessarily, you know, go to them yearly like women do, so it's a little bit different on how they're, how they're thought of. But, um, and, of course, men tend to go when they have a problem as opposed to more preventative. That's right. Um, yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of women come to you at the time when they um, want to get pregnant or they are pregnant. 
And, you know, we talking about change, right? This is one of the most significant changes that a person goes through that, a, that a woman goes through. Um, it's so full, right? Right. I mean, it's, it's really endless. I mean, there's, you know, whether it's just getting, you know, STD, sexually transmitted disease testing or birth control or planning a, you know, planning for a pregnancy. Um, there, there are just so many different hormonal stages that we are going through that we don't really sort of uh, put together as a hormonal cycle, which, which I, I really do take care of women, you know, based on their hormonal cycles um, because I think it's a lot easier when you can, you know, look at women hormonally and say, hey, you know, what's happening in your hormonal cycle in, in the cycle of, of pregnancy or preconceptional care, it does help guide your recommendations and your, you know, and, and how you treat them. So it's sort of a whole different way of looking at, you know, at women individually by breaking it down sort of these hormonally driven cycles in their lifetime. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't think I ever appreciated hormones as much as when I was pregnant and after pregnancy and just like, there was no question. My body was changed, changed and right. changed again. It's and so cha- true. Yeah. I mean, I just had it's, no idea. Really you know, we talk true. about teenagers being controlled by their hormones and whatever, but, um, when you're pregnant and, um, after pregnancy, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a hormonal, you know, snowstorm and and that's just it I mean we don't look at you know I like to address my cycles with even preconceptional care pregnancy postpartum you know that fourth trimester that no one ever talks about you have the baby and then you're like okay now what yeah and I think that is one of the most challenging hormonal cycles that women experience and and even infertility which is another very uh, stressful and challenging process for many couples um, and look at perimenopause. I mean, no one talks about your 40s at all. And there's true hormonal chaos going on for a whole decade before you enter menopause, mm-hmm. which is, as we know, a, a challenging you know, cycle in and of itself. So it, there are cycles that we just have to really break down women's health care in and look at it a little bit differently because otherwise you're just like puberty and menopause. And there's just, there's just so much more going on for women and I think it's just easier, you know, to deal and manage some of these issues if we can discuss it, you know, based on, on cycle. Yeah, yeah, because, and, you know, part of being a woman and having all of, going through all these cycles is that sometimes those cycles are regular and sometimes they are not regular, right? I mean, it's the whole exactly. unpredictable. it's so true. Part of being a woman is the unpredictable nature of, of how that is it's so true it's it is it's very challenging and and everyone's so different and you know what your sister did or your best girlfriend i mean it, chances are it's not really uh having happening to you in the same way and and i i have to i feel a lot more sensitivity to sort of the over 40 woman because i feel like 40s perimenopause 50s and above you know menopause and then there's sort of this other cycle which is which i call maturity which is just these women over 65 you know that really 
fall by the wayside when it comes to health care, sexual health, you know, just health everything. in general. And, and yeah. everything. I mean, women women that age become very marginalized, right? You know, and that's whether, whether really that's true. because we, we um, you know, are so identified with our reproductive cycles and then when we're no longer, you know, in those cycles, what's the use? I think we're reinventing. We're, we're like, you know, we're the first generations that are really uh, inventing or reinventing life um, in these later stages of life, right? It's so true. It's really true. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard, and I think it's, we just need, you know, at a time in healthcare where we, we're even feeling as though we're given enough time with our healthcare provider. I mean, it's this group of women, especially, it's just not, it's not really dealt with head on, and it's not, these women are, are not given enough attention. So how are you, how, what are you doing for women who are, let's say, 60 and older? Well, you know, a lot of things that happen in women 60 and older, you know, especially as it relates to their sexual health. And I think, you know, they're, they're, they're not sure what is going on when you turn off estrogen and they're not on estrogen, you know, they're not taking hormone replacement therapy, their body is changing, their vagina is getting drier, they have zero libido, um, and they just sort of feel like, you know, and it, it could be, too, that their partner, if it's a male, that, that he's having erectile dysfunction issues, and then they're taking Viagra, and as one of my patients said to me, it's like having sex with a bat. <laughs> You know, having, you know, a hugely erect penis that doesn't go down for an hour in a vagina that's dry and doesn't have, you know, any sort of lubrication. It's just not fun for women. And, you know, and I think that there are non-hormonal, non-medical or non-medication driven treatments that they have to know about. I think it's finding the right, you know, doctor that really understands this age group. And there's laser treatments now that we're using and... And I think that it, it has to, you know, has to be embraced because women are living longer. The longest, the longer that we are living, the average lifespan now for a woman is 81. You know, women are taking better care of themselves. or just their quality of life is better. Sex, intimacy shouldn't, you know, shouldn't have to be a thing of, of the past. It shouldn't have to be something that you only experience under 50 or under 55. So, there's a lot of these issues that I think have to be addressed that aren't being addressed because I think finding happiness and finding your your new self in your 60s is really important. Yeah. So I, I love talking to this group of women. They're probably my favorite group because they are given the least amount of attention. Yeah, and really, you know, uh, this group of women of I'm, you know, of that group of women, these, this group of women, uh, are, like I said, are really, uh, reinventing ourselves, um, uh, mm-hmm. in a very, in a very significant way, you know, can't look back and say, well, you know, we're doing it the way our mothers did it, our grandmothers did it. It just isn't, you know, right. it's, it's not, right. it's not that way. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. really true. It's, but I, I love that we're talking about it. It's, you know, this is, really what my vagina revolution is about because it's changing the narrative on how women are talking about their bodies during any cycle 
and being able to speak freely and feel as though they're being heard and feeling as though their, uh, you know, their concerns have are valid and and there are treatment remedies and treatment options and and they just need that person to to be the right one to guide them. So it's it's changing that narrative and that's what's so exciting about the vagina revolution and and this is what it's about for me. Right and you know extending, you know, this is uh, your the vagina revolution, you know, as you're participating is about women's health, but we're seeing right now we're we're in another revolution about, you know, how um how mm. women are uh claiming you know, claiming no more, time's up, no more, you know, we're uh, right, right. not going to be, uh, not going to take second place to, uh, for jobs and, uh, and, um, an end to abuse and an end to the power play of, of, uh, sexual abuse. Um, it's a very important time that we're in right now, this very moment in time. It's so true. I mean, women, um, I think it's just given women a whole new new energetic sort of strength to to stand their ground and to feel equal and to end inequality and end you know mistreatment in, in, in all different levels and even from a medical standpoint um, with stories I've heard of, of sexual misconduct with doctors mm. and uh, mm. um, Actually, I wrote a blog about white coat betrayal talking about this very issue because uh, I don't think, I think anyone in any job position, and, and that's what I love about Oprah talking about, you know, the field workers and, and the maintenance cleaners, you know, everyone needs to feel this empowerment. Absolutely. And, you know, when uh, women are in situations where, like you say, you know, white coat white coat abuse or you know when someone is in a position of power whether they're your boss or your teacher or your doctor you know somebody that you want to trust or need to trust and um you know when they betray you uh it's in some ways even more devastating it's really true it's really really true no it's sad but i i love what's happening i love what's happening and i think it's um it's changing the culture and and it's a very historic time in history for women yes and your book is you know your book uh is right there in that you know it's right in the wave it's 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 cresting the wave this new wave Mm-hmm. you know i'm happy the vagina revolution is very happy about it too because it's it this is just an ongoing conversation and they're all connected which i love and um it's it's good. It's great for women, and I think we're feeling very unified, very empowered, and um, stronger than ever. Yes. So, in your practice, you know, do women who have been sexually abused is that is that um, people would come to you at, during those times? Women who have been you know, raped. Well, I have had a few um, that have that I have been the first person that they have spoken about um, a rape or something, you know, I've had a couple that in, in an Uber where they were sexually assaulted. And what I try to do is get them to the rape crisis center mm-hmm. um, just because they have, you know, sort of from the beginning to the end had to, had to not just examine them physically, but how to help them emotionally. And then the police get involved and it's really quite comprehensive. So that's, Usually I will redirect, and we are by Santa Monica 
hospital that has a rape crisis center, which is very convenient for that purpose. But often when I do a pelvic exam, I can get a sense if someone has had any um, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. um, And they, just the way they allow me to do the pelvic exam or if they have a problem, you know, having the speculum go inside the vagina, uh, and and in different ways and depending on how well I know them, you know, I may ask them if there's been any, you know, abuse in their in their past and, you know, one thing will lead to another. And uh, it's, you know, it's such a traumatic, uh, horribly uh, traumatic event in a w- woman's lifetime that, that I like to be a part of trying to help them in any way or changing their experience uh, at the gynecologist. It's another reason why I love seeing sort of first-timers come into my office in the teens uh, or early 20s who've never had an exam because I want the experience to be so positive and and so um, just just comfortable. And sometimes I don't even do a pelvic exam when I first meet someone depending on what I think you know, they need. And sometimes it's not, they come in and it's not for a pap is what they need. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just to find connection. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because we started out talking about the vagina revolution and the vagina conversation that's in your book, but, you know, there are other aspects of women's health too, you know, and, um, you know, breast exams mm-hmm. and breast cancer or, you know, uh, breast abnormalities mm-hmm. that you um, that you also see and work with and walk people through, right? Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, anything from period problems to, you know, birth control to, you know, a vaginal odor, you know, to inability to have an orgasm. You know, there's all sorts of areas of female health that that are so important to address. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when I first see a young woman, it's, usually it's, you know, when you see a gynecologist will vary, especially if you have a good pediatrician, but it's somewhere between, you know, 12 and 16, and it could just be about hygiene, basic hygiene, and how do you take care of your vagina? Do you, you know, do you use soap? You know, do you have questions about it? Um, and just knowing their body parts, and, and, you know, I usually take a mirror and I show them their vagina and I we go through the labia and where the clitoris is and where the urine comes out from because they did a study um, of college students and it showed that 62% were unable to find their vagina correctly. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Um, which is sort of like, wow. And <laughs> I mean... I mean, the good news was 73% of the women could find their clitoris, which was, which, which yes. was a good thing. Very good. Um, but the bad news was 50%, you know, almost 55% of men were unable to find the clitoris. So then it sort of made sense to me, like, yeah. well, now I get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, so it's, it's just really understanding your body and knowing, your, you know, knowing what your vagina looks like and, you know, really becoming friends with it and not making it like, sort of this entity that that you don't really want to have a connection with yes well you know I remember when I was when I was coming up you know in the in the 70s with the you know beginning of the women's movement and uh, we were all taking out mirrors right like 
in groups. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. our bodies ourselves, which, you know, I feel like your book uh -huh. is the, is our bodies ourselves for, for the new age, for our new age. But, you know, we were taking out mirrors and, and it was such an outrageous right. thing to do. It was outrageous. Right. 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 But so necessary. No, and what you're saying is it's, there's still a great need for that. Women yeah. still don't still want is. to, you know, don't want to look. Exactly. And I think the other issue, you know, and the whole other topic of conversation is, you know, how porn has really affected our, 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 how we interpret our bodies, how our, mm -hmm. we think our vagina looks, mm -hmm. you know, how we are sexually. I mean, it's really made so much confusion for women and men, um, unfortunately. And it's this horrible epidemic that, that is, is a problem. And, it's it's one of those issues that that's why I like to point it out and point out what's normal and and to say hey you know let's let's really talk about it. Right. So what's, it's it's what's normal and the spectrum of what's normal, right? It's not like exactly. there's only one way to look. There's not like there's only one way to be. There's not like anatomically there's only one way that that you're you know that your mm -hmm. vagina looks or the labia looks, right? It's, you know, there's lots of variation or your breasts, right? Or your nipples. Yeah, or... and you have to look at your, you know, the vagina and the lips and, you know, just like snowflakes and, and no two are alike. So it's it's really true. I mean, they're they're very different. And, and, I mean, look at testicles. There's no two that are alike either, you know. So, and some would say they aren't so pretty, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know, it, it's it's it is an education, and it is um, giving women confidence with their body, and that's that's what the you know sort of this vagina revolution is from is just giving confidence to to you as a whole, and you know as a woman, and and certainly with your vagina. Well, I think that is a beautiful way to um, to wrap up our conversation. Um, <laughs> really, you. Um, you know, you're just amazingly generous in in how you uh, approach this educating that you want to do and what your mission is to to really bring honesty and inclusivity to um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to the whole conversation of um, of women, women's bodies, um, men, men's, you know, sex, uh, just this whole aspect of, of fully living. Yeah, no, I do. And I appreciate programs like this that, you know, it just gets the, the word out there. And I love that you're talking about it. And you're sort of on the cusp of, of change, culture change in, in every aspect of life. So I appreciate you having me on, on your show, Sharon. Well, I love I love you being here. And so uh, people are going to want to know how to find you, how to contact you, how to find your book. So if you could please share that. Yeah, well, so my book is on Amazon. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, just look at Sheology. Um, I'm also on Facebook, and you can um, actually, on Facebook, I'm Dr. Sherry R. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm Dr. Sherry R. on Facebook, um, no period. And on Instagram, it's Dr. Sherry R., no period, and that's S-H-E-R-R-Y. And then on Twitter, I'm at Dr. Cheryl Ross, and again, no period. So um, I'm all over the Internet and social media, and uh, I would love to welcome any of your, 
your audience to my sites. Great. And you also, uh, you know, have a, a lovely website, drsherry.com. I do. Dr. Sh- yeah, drsherry.com. And I have, you know, I'm, I'm featured in, in many articles. Uh, each week I write for all the major magazines um, as a featured expert. And they're up there all the time. And for Huffington Post and Thrive Global and U.S. Uh, News and Report. So I try to keep it fun. And, um, yeah, it's, it's important that we st- all stay current. Wonderful. Well, Dr. Sherry, I thank you so much. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye.